0: Hello everyone and welcome back to Nintendo Everything Refresh. This is the official podcast of NintendoEverything.com and we're coming at you every week with the latest and greatest Nintendo news. Just anything exciting and newsworthy that we think you should uh, have on your radar. And this is, I'm very pleased to announce, episode 10 of this wonderful podcast. Uh, let's yay. all give a... Yeah! Yay! Woo! <laughs> yay! <Yeah. laughs> <Woo. laughs> <laughs> um, thank you to everyone who has listened to us for these first 10 episodes. We really appreciate your support. Uh, luckily, we've got the whole gang here today. So we have got the always awesome Dennis Gagliardotto. Hello, everyone. We've got the truly inspirational Louise Estrella. Hello, everyone. And we've got the rock solid leader of the group from behind the scenes, Nicholas Shaday. Hello, everyone. And uh, thank you everyone again for tuning in. Like I said, we really appreciate you all uh, being here for this very special 10th episode of the show. Uh, Just a quick rundown, we are going to start off today talking about uh, Mario Strikers, because there was uh, some big news this week. Uh, There's a demo coming out soon, and uh, some of us have had a little bit of hands-on time with it, so uh, we'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, We got some interesting behind-the-scenes tidbits uh, news about Switch Sports and kind of the backstory of that game's development, so... If you're interested in how games get made, stick around for that one. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about Live Alive, which is coming out later this summer and we haven't talked about it on the show yet, so that'll be good for our RPG fans out there. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about Temtem, and then uh, we will close out the show talking about Limited Run Games. They have a showcase coming up soon, so we just want to talk a little bit about the physical games situation on the Switch, which is in an interesting place. Uh, But let's jump back up to the top of that list and talk about Mario Strikers a bit Um, There is was a little bit of news this week and uh, One of the big things that folks were a little nervous about was uh, the character roster for this game Um, What we have seen from the trailer so far shows that there were only ten characters But Nintendo did come out and say that there will be free updates coming to this game after it launches in the near future and uh that there will be new characters included um dennis uh what do you think of this news are you glad we're getting some post-launch content or do you wish it was all just in
1: there on day one (laughs) well both both i wish there was more to begin with on day one but i'm also glad to see that support i wish i wish it was a little beefier on launch with an additional you know plan to you know have post-launch support um but uh, but yeah no I'm I'm excited I, I think you know for the selection that is available it's a mostly solid collection uh, selection could it be better yeah absolutely but um, uh, but at the very least there's that post launch support um, happening which is which is good I just hope it's not <laughs> something that we've seen with past titles like Mario Tennis Aces or more recently um, Mario Golf where uh, Super Rush where it's almost too little too late right i want Mm -hmm. at least one new character at minimum at least a month afterwards at least right like i I don't want to wait another six months before you know someone shows up and then another six months after that like because by that time again and we've talked about this before where it's like that there's there's too much happening i think within a year that People who do play a lot of games like ourselves, and especially in our position where we have to review games on top of what we play right. recreationally, right. you know, it, it's we're not going to be sticking with it that long. You know, at least not as long as we would like to. You know, it's not that we just want to like play for five minutes and move on, but uh, you know that there, there are going to be other games that take priority, right? So it's it's just something that I want to see more consistently from um, Nintendo. So and I hope we we do get that, but uh but from the bit that I've played from the demo, which isn't much, I mean I think if you're playing the I think it's called First Kick, if you're playing that you can try off the you can try out the tutorial
0: a little bit. And yeah, the, the training uh, mode in it. right? Just kinda like yeah. the basics.
1: Yeah, and it's uh it's really fluid, really solid. And I must admit I did not play the one that was on the Wii. Um but I played an insane amount of the one that was on GameCube. Like my God, if I had to like list you know the top five GameCube games that I spent the most time on, Mario Strikers would absolutely be up there. Um, you know, with Smash Brothers Melee, of course. Right. But,
0: well, and I, uh, and I know, like... And I guess, you know, just talking about the content in this game, like, you brought up a good point that, you know, for a game to really stick with people for a reasonable amount of time, I, I feel like it has to launch with all that content on day one. Yeah. And we were just talking about Switch Sports not that long ago. I mean... I mean, Louise. Like, are you still picking up Switch Sports on a regular basis? Like, are are you worried that that's gonna trickle down to these other, you know, to Mario Strikers? That same kind of content dearth.
2: Uh, yeah. I I I did not play Switch Sports for a while (laughs) now, but I I think the Switch Sports and Mario Strikers will be very different kind of games. Uh, Switch Sports is like the kind of game. It's it's like a board game that you have on your house and you put in the. That you put in under your beds, and you you only use it when someone comes to your home to actually play it. Uh, and Mario Strikers from, uh, like Denis said, there's a this training mode, and from what I've played, it's it's a pretty complex game. Like not super complex, but there's a lot of mechanics to learn. Uh, I think Nintendo really tried to, to make the online a little more active, and I think it can be a little more engaging. You know. Maybe not at the level of something like Splatoon, but Mario Strikers just remind me a little bit of Mario Tennis Aces, where they made tennis be something completely different with so many mechanics, the slow motion stuff and all of that. So I'm getting similar vibes to Mario Strikers, but with the added fact that I love soccer. Soccer is amazing. I think Soccer is already a very complex sport, I mean, you have a lot of people on the ground and there's all this kind of stuff and physical contact, all of that. So, I think the game will be will be will have more longevity than that. But uh, talking about the model of free updates, I think my biggest issue is the fact that they don't tell us what they're gonna add so you right, are buying right. the game kind of blind you know you know that will yeah. be free updates but we don't know what the characters if it will be more stadiums so i think my biggest issue with that model is the fact that they don't tell the consumers what they are actually buying uh after the the initial game and we are seeing right here uh uh the game it's a sport where are four characters against four and we only have 10 characters. <laughs> so it's very usual to see two Toads, two Peaches, four Marios in the, in the field. Yeah. And I yeah, think it's Baby pretty Mario, weird.
0: Metal Baby Mario, you know, <laughs> Dr.
2: Baby yeah, Mario. Yeah, maybe, I mean, maybe they, are, could, they could add <laughs> some of that. Classics? <laughs> <laughs> but, but I'm super excited for the game. I mean, it looks, it plays really good. It's, it's really great, I love the demo, and I'm excited to play the, the online test next week.
0: Okay. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Um, and Nicholas, I'm curious if you've played this as well. But yeah, so there's, there's an online demo. It's called First Kick. And it, the online portion where you can actually like play against other people and help Nintendo test their network, which Lord knows they need it. Uh, that happens on <laughs> June 3rd through 5th. Um, but if you download the demo now, you can kind of play an offline training practice mode, as Dennis mentioned
3: earlier. So um, N- Nicholas, have you played this at all? Uh I have. I do just want to mention quickly, cycling back to the characters thing. Please. Uh there were people at Datamine the demo that found there were ten additional post launch slots for characters on top of the ten we already have. Ten. So wow. uh it does suck that they haven't really talked about what we're going to be getting much, but at the very least it seems like we're going to be getting ten additional characters from post launch support eventually.
2: Give us but, but Daisy. Not, not confirmed,
0: right? <laughs> not hard yeah. confirmed. It's not just in terms, confirmed.
3: D- in terms of in terms of data mining the demo, they found there were ten additional slots for characters. So Got presumably, it. all ten yeah. of those are planned to be filled. Yeah, sounds good.
2: Got sounds it. good.
0: Yeah, the Daisy uh, people really want Daisy in this game. Which I mean, like, I guess I understand, but like, why Daisy in particular?
2: Uh, It's because Daisy, in this game, Daisy is particularly iconic in next level games. Usually her animations are amazing. (laughs) Ah, okay. Yeah, this is the
3: game that got her a whole bunch of popularity for the most part.
2: Yeah. She has a a great personality. She's kind of sassy, kind of aggressive. It's great. Yeah.
1: They're probably saving something special for her. That's why. That's, that's probably one of those things. Where, like we don't want to put her in the game right away because when she comes out, we want all the focus to be on her. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. <laughs>
0: it is interesting though. Like like the characters that Nintendo decides to leave out. Remember, everyone was like so upset that Waluigi wasn't in the last Smash game, and you just wonder like <laughs> what their decision making process is. Like they know people want these characters, so I feel like they're intentionally not going to add Daisy because that's the one everyone wants. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Nicholas, sorry, yeah, back sorry. to you. Uh, I want to want to hear what you what you thought of the first kick demo or what you played of it at least.
3: Yes. So, uh, I did download the demo. I went through all the training stuff. Um I mean, first of all, I think I ha- it has to be mentioned that I'm really happy there is a training mode because I believe in all of their past network tests, uh, Splatoon arms, Switch sports. It's always basically been, hey, we're going to throw you into a game, and you're going to learn, you know, trial by fire. So the fact that there is actually a way to learn the game before being forced to play it uh, is something I'm just happy about. <laughs> yeah. You, you just have a little bit of time to get used to what exactly is going on before you have to actually learn to, well, win. <laughs> Gives a chance for but, the rest of us yeah. to uh,
0: get on an equal playing field.
3: <laughs> yeah. Um, in terms of the, the actual demo itself, the training mode, uh, the game's fun. It's, it's been a very long time since I last played Strikers Charge on the Wii, but this it feels complex. There's a lot of button inputs, a lot of tight timing you have to do. In a way, it sort of reminded me of Metroid Dread, just in the sense that it also has a lot of individual inputs and whatnot that you have to worry about and remember and just kind of pull out on the spot. Um, so I feel like there's definitely gonna be a pretty high skill ceiling to this, uh, which is exciting. Hopefully that's that'll make people stick with the game a little longer if they feel they can really uh, see a notable improvement in their gameplay the more they play like the more if you're going to be able to nail these satisfying actions, these like straight passes to charge shots, uh, the game's probably going to feel very satisfying.
0: Yeah, it looks like. I mean, it, also from what I've just seen in the game, it seems like there's a big emphasis on like dodging other characters, trying to steal the ball from you, like kind of getting out of their way, and um, that that seems to add another layer of strategy. You know, like you, just, I mean, very mm-hmm. similar to real soccer, right? Like, obviously cartoonified up to Mario standards, but like, you know, it's not just all about offense in this game. Like, you really have to be able to yeah. manage manage your character on the field and make sure you are like being aware of what's going on around you.
3: Yeah, it looks like there's a lot of reactionary gameplay between the dodges like you mentioned, the tackles, the fact that you can tackle into teammates to get extended tackles so that you can sort of like time things cr- properly to get hits you wouldn't normally able to. There just seems like there's um like you said a lot of aggressive gameplay but also a lot of more defensive gameplay where it's not just going to be <laughs> soccer solitaire you just front mm. forward get a goal and whatever you're going to have to be playing around the other person which is always exciting
2: some of the pro techniques in the tutorial uh i really don't think i can do that <laughs> in a match yeah. they are really complex <laughs> now so you have to uh they demand a specific timing in during the the match so it really is complex. Uh, they even in comparison to the Wii version Mars Striker chart that I played really recently for a video, uh, it really is more strategic because on Wii it was like Chaos, totally chaos. All the characters were hitting each other all the time. Uh, you couldn't be like more than one one second with the ball uh, in your feet. So it really is more strategic. I was a little bit worried that it was uh, not as chaotic, but I'm I I actually like it a lot. It feels more like a a proper game that you can win by that you can win a match by your experience by your strategy so i was i was pretty happy with what i saw and just a, a general shout out every game developed by Next Level Games has amazing animation. And this one is not different. The yeah. The supercharged mm-hmm. shots are amazing. Every time They're a so character good. does... A, a, they are doing their animations when they win a match. It's is just amazing. Really, it's something... I, I'm already seeing people just posting the clips on the internet because it's so good. It's so so fun to see it. So, yeah, I'm loving that.
3: Yeah, that was very nice to see in terms of like, yeah. worries of it not having as much personality as the past games, like, at least that's very much not going to be a problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. That's well, definitely the, the thing game, that, like,
1: that strikes me the most, if I may say so. Um, yeah, it, it, the game visually is just super crisp, too. Like, it looks great. Like, really, really great. Mm-hmm. Like, You know, not just the animations, but graphically. It's, it's, a, it's a beautiful game.
0: Is the performance holding up? I mean,
1: is it, you know, people complain about uh, the frame rate of a lot of these Switch games. Yeah, that's true. No, from my experience anyways, um, everything felt very fluid and very um, just Mm. uh, just very solid. Like, I was very happy with everything. Um, I I do have to mention one thing, though, uh, because Louise made a good point about how, you know, previous games have been very uh, uh, chaotic and you wouldn't hold the, the ball for more than one second. And I kind of felt that way, Uh, well, not about this, but I I started getting a a sort of similar feeling only because, not because I couldn't hold the ball for more than one second, but because, (laughs) I don't know about you guys, but the, the... Arenas themselves feel very cramped. I don't know if you guys feel yeah. the same way. Like, I understand it's only 4v4, I get that. But it, it doesn't feel like there's much room, really, to move. I don't know if you guys felt the same way. I don't know. I just felt Ooh. like it just felt very, like, claustrophobic, sort of.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I think it's it's more or less the, the same as previous games. I, I think the idea is to use that... That whole electric thing that we have around the stadium so you can you can uh push the characters to, to these points. I think they probably tested with bigger bigger fields and it didn't work, I would imagine, because of the style of gameplay yeah. and all of that. But I I think we'll get a better uh feeling of how the game actually plays when the online rolls out because uh, we only had some. Th- there's some small matches on the tutorial, but uh, never the possibility of a full match with all the the techniques actually learned. So, yeah. Uh, but but that that's something. Uh, uh, th- there's definitely something to it. I hope it doesn't happen all the time on the on the online.
1: Yeah, that's why I'm gonna like you know kind of reserve my judgment for now. But it was just it was just sort of a slight feeling that I was getting.
2: Yeah.
3: No, I agree with yeah. you actually. When I was playing, it did feel. I don't know if maybe this is also how the old games were, and I just don't remember it, but it definitely felt like there was very limited space to move around. <laughs>
0: It's, it's kind of funny because I feel the opposite way about soccer in Switch Sports. I feel like the court in that game is too big. And I feel like every time totally. I totally like run
1: across, my character is exhausted. And I'm like, dude, you've only run like See, f- I, I, 50 feet. Like, come on. Right. And that's my thing with Switch Sports is like, actually, I like the size of it. My only problem with it is the stamina, right? Where like after five, five feet, it's just like, oh yeah. my God, give this person a bottle of water. They can't, they can't go on. It's, it's like, like
2: Breath of the Wild all over again. I mean...
1: <laughs> oh, my God, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Well, um. so,
0: yeah. So, if you want to check out the online mode for Mario Strikers, uh, that is available from June 3rd to June 5th. You do have to have a Switch Online membership, uh, but it is worth noting that at the moment, at least here in North America, Nintendo is offering free uh, seven-day Switch Online trials, if you have not had one before. So... Uh, so technically, everyone can check
3: this out if you want to. But um, also, uh, no sign up and NDA nonsense, unlike Switch Sports. <laughs> oh, there's yeah. no NDA. Yeah, that's no, why because there's no we're sign up. Yeah. This
0: game
1: right now.
3: I still yeah, don't understand why
1: that was even a thing. I, mean, I don't know. Were they worried people were going to be like, "Why?" There's like nothing here, you know. But <laughs> yeah. I don't. But that was going to be a revelation, regardless. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, thankfully, know, like,
3: someone like, seemed to have realized. Hey. This was kind of a stupid idea to have in the first place. Let's not do that
2: again. I'm not sure. Yeah, like
1: it's the general public, not the press. You know, (laughs) that's a different
2: story. Yeah. I think with Switch Sports, it was something kind of different. It was not exactly a a demo, it was kind of, you had to register to get the the downloads and all of that. I think they were actually testing the servers to. To see if everything works out. And, and here on Mario Strikers, I think it is truly just a demo. But I don't understand why they have to make this difference and all that. I, well, it's Nintendo. <laughs> yeah. There's, well, there's
0: the thing no is, rhyme or reason.
3: The thing is, if they're having these kinds of limited play times for uh, this, like kickoff, this demo, I would assume it's still they're still doing network casts, which is why oh, they're true, doing true, true. the yeah, whole limited yeah. hours thing. I would, uh, I would I, assume I at least. Know. Otherwise, it <laughs> wouldn't make much sense to limit the hours. But...
0: Hey, um, speaking of weird things that Nintendo does, uh, let's talk a little bit about Switch Sports, because we got some interesting behind-the-scenes details about that game's development this past week. Uh, Namely, why this game took so long to come out. Um, Apparently, this was not always the case. Apparently, this game has been in the works for quite a while, and um, the director of the uh, game, whose name I'm just absolutely going to butcher, actually, I'm not even gonna try it, Um, Yoshikazu Yamashita, uh, he did an interview and was talking about the development of the game. And uh, they experimented with this game a lot. Um, It had, they experimented with with different settings. Um, Apparently their first attempt at the game, they were like, oh, you know, we thought we were gonna set it on like a college campus with like, you know, college level sports. And then at one point, like they had giant robots in the game and then at (laughs) another point they were thinking of like, to like uh, like Greek ancient Olympian stadium like weird
1: weird stuff very different than the game that we got. I, I would have loved in Immortals Phoenix Rising Sports. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. it's if the, I would be I would have been all all for that. Honestly, that's something you don't really see enough, even though that's where you think where you hear about some of the most iconic sort of uh uh you know a, you know athletic events happening right like you know the right. coliseums and stuff like that. So it's weird that we don't. Get that, you know, we have plenty of you know Olympic games and stuff like that, but nothing that's more historical, right? So I think that that's a that's a that's an untapped market that I uh, I I would like to see next year
3: in Sonic the Olympic Games
1: (laughs) at the original (laughs) Olympic Games.
0: (laughs) 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 They're like like doing it alongside people in togas and stuff. I don't know. I think about ancient Greece.
3: Wouldn't you pay to watch Sonic play like soccer in a toga or something?
2: Oh man.
0: <laughs> I, I think I would actually pay sixty dollars to play that video game. Uh, that would be great. Um, no, it's just it's interesting hearing about the development of this game because we were talking about, you know, the fact that it came out so much later in the Switch's lifespan than you would expect for this type of game. And um, I, I think the thing that I find like most most funny about this game, um, reading the interview, he says that they didn't think there were they couldn't think of any more sports. To add to to the Wii sports games, and so I guess maybe that's why they went with all these racket sports. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: but I mean, why why does it always have to be a new sport? Why not just get I mean, sports for sports? It's just get the ones that are the most you know appealing, and you know the ones that have been most played for I mean, you yeah, know, millions of years, and just you know be happy with that i don't understand like i understand you want that sort of identity separate from game to game but at the same time it's like it's sports dude like i mean unless you're gonna make a new one just add let's go ahead and add like you know no one's gonna complain that there's more sports you know rather than just the six that we have I,
2: i i have the impression that maybe nintendo uh uh I don't know if they made any 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 survey about it, but I think they they have this idea that we sports resorts have too many sports <laughs> in comparison to the original so I think Which was weird right even this in this game interview game in, in this in this interview uh <laughs> from the developers, you could see that after a and development, they realized that what they really wanted to make was like... Uh, retrieve that original Wii Sports experience, that experience really, really casual, where anyone can pick the game, understand what they had to do, and start playing. So I, I think that's kind of related to that. They, they want to keep basics, you know, really, really simple, which it is kind of, from an objective perspective, it doesn't make a lot of sense. But but I think that's more or less the 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 place that they are. And beyond that, we don't know how many sports they're gonna add in the the free updates that are also real. We we heard about scove, but I don't know if more stuff we we'll get into. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's true. I do get the sense that maybe you know because they said that this game restarted development about halfway through. Um, and, and uh, there's the um, the director says he's like I felt
1: really bad for all the staff who had been working on the game <laughs> up to the halfway point um, I'm just imagining a big office you know of just like everyone just throwing their hands up in the air like are you, are you what like,
3: really? <laughs> like
1: you
0: just got get done the putting the
3: robots in <laughs> be like, yeah. you, Man,
0: imagine the frustration <laughs> 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 uh, they should just get yeah. retro studios to make that game too you know <laughs>
2: but uh, 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 I think uh, I love those interviews I think Nintendo should do more of that they are really similar to Iwata asks I think every game should have something like that because it it is fascinating because sometimes we get the impression that Mm -hmm. Nintendo is like this magic place like the chocolate factory that we don't know Uh how things work out there (laughs) and when we hear them (laughs) talking uh, about the struggles of getting it right how to do the motion controls and all of that we don't stop to think about it I mean uh, at least in, in my brain I mean they are super programmers, they can do whatever they want and no the the, the the smallest thing to make it work the way that they want it they, they go into a lot of trouble and i think that's that's the part that i re- respect the most about nintendo because a lot of people say oh you you produce so much content about nintendo you are so uh, you love nintendo so much mm-hmm. of course it's not because of the business decision i think what i love the most about nintendo is how they, they respect the developers and the development process i mean just the idea of restarting the development of a, of a game like switch sport which it, it's not like a big triple a project I think it's just uh, that show the respect for the process, for the development, because there are artistic processes like that a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. You have to, sometimes you have to restart, sometimes you go out of rails. So yeah. I just yeah. think it's fascinating to see how much thought that is in a game that, at a first glance, it seems like a, a very simple game. Well, yeah, and and like- I agree yeah I
1: think it's also one of those things too where like you like you said louise it's 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 about respecting the development process right because you know video games are not cheap, you know <laughs> they're they're very expensive to make, and I think most other publishers and developers when you're halfway through a game restarting isn't really an option more often than not i feel like you would have seen the game just straight up get canceled right so to actually go back to the drawing board and restart it and you know you lose a lot of money in the process um you know that that takes a lot that takes a lot of commitment but again it takes a lot of respect also because you also want to make something that's gonna work because you see something there you see the potential there but maybe the route you first went wasn't the right way so let's go back Let's rethink this. Uh, what, what can we do to get back up on our feet and make this work the way we want it to work, right? Versus just straight up canceling it and all that time, effort, uh, you know, blood, sweat, tears, so on and so forth was all for nothing, right? And I think that's probably the most heartbreaking part, I think, for a developer, which I'm sure all of them consider themselves artists. And really they are, you know, to, I mean, any anybody who creates something from nothing to me is an artist, right? So yeah. it it. So that, I think, which is just immensely heartbreaking when, you know, you have a big project like that canceled, right? Even if the game at the end of the mm-hmm. day doesn't offer much content, you know, just to get to where, where it is by the time it ships, that takes years. That takes a lot of time, effort, and that takes, um, like I said, a lot of commitment and respect to uh, uh, the developers and the people around you.
0: Well, you so, know, I mean, except for all those contractors. I mean, we don't we don't need any of that. <laughs> so. Oh well, yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. 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 yeah, they can't keep yeah. with us. But, no, I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously, Nintendo's not a perfect company, but yeah, I mean, to your point, like, I mean, this game may not be for everyone, and I think that's totally fine. But like, I have a I have a close friend, and uh, he came over to my place, and we all played the game for a little bit, and then. He went home, and he bought the game, and he said that he and his wife have been playing it a lot, you know? So, I mean, you know, this is not like, like, they really do, Nintendo does, yeah, the fact that they restarted this game, you know, like, this is not like a a 50 minigames party, you know, situation where it's just, you know, like, take a big company like Ubisoft or whatever, you know, insert big company here, just churning out these minigame collections that are just at a very low level of quality. I mean, say what you will about the content in this game, and like the amount of it or um, the variety, but what's here is very mechanically solid, and you can tell that a lot of time was spent putting it together. True. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I guess before we move on, um, if if y'all could see one sport added to Switch Sports. Because I don't think we'll be talking about this game until golf comes out later this year. Um, what what other non-golf sport would you like to see added to switch sports?
3: Um, Let's start with I've, you, Nicholas. Yeah. Um, I don't have. Kind of just thinking about it, <clears throat> the one thing that I think would be really neat is to have some sort of um, flying sport added. I'm just thinking in terms of Resports Resort, in terms of like the kind of lack of pilot wings style games mm-hmm. we've had for a while now, just having anything uh, that lets you kind of fly around and just explore similar to what you had in, uh, I believe it was Woohoo Island for Resports yes. Resort, would just be really fun and really cool. And I guess it doesn't exactly qualify as a sport per se, but just something of that nature uh, would just be really nice. I feel like it's been kind of lacking. <laughs> Well, you know, here's here's what
0: I could see. I could see them doing uh, competitive drone racing around Spaco Square, you know, because you have all those buildings. You could kind of, like, fly between the palm trees and stuff. Um, That would be awesome. That could be cool, yeah. Yeah, it's it's kind of a sport, right?
3: Yeah. I mean, it would also be unique, too, so.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, anything really, you know, competitive. I mean, yeah. even if you're not really sweating, you yeah, <laughs> know, yeah. it's like, I, <laughs> think well, it's, sure. I think it's fair enough. So. Yeah,
0: Nintendo, if you're listening and you decide to add competitive drone racing, uh, you can send me my royalties <laughs> check for the idea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on. I mean,
2: here's my address.
0: Um, what about you, Louis? What sport would you add?
2: Uh, do you guys understand what ping pong means? Ping pong? No. Ping pong. Yeah, like table yeah, tennis, ping right? pong. Yeah, t- okay. table yeah. tennis. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I didn't yeah, yeah. know if it, this was a Brazilian term. So, yeah, table tennis. Yes, that's the, the correct term. Just because in it. Wii Sports Resorts, it was so precise, the motion controls. So, I think more precise than tennis. I mean, <laughs> uh, there's a lot of sports with nets already, but <laughs> ping pong. <laughs> I, I swear, yeah. table tennis is, is kind he of different to me. <laughs> Look at this guy. He wants he another racket It's different, I swear.
0: <laughs> Way to be creative,
3: Luis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but uh, truly, that's okay, the
2: one
0: no, that w- that I would love it. to see. <laughs> no, that's good. That's that's a throwback pick. I forgot that was in Wii Sports
1: Resort, but that's solid. Uh, what about you, Dennis? Honestly, like it, golf was the one that I wanted the most. But since we're talking non-golf, mm-hmm. um, I love. Uh, bowling so much, just the way that it works. So I'm trying to think mechanically. I would actually like to see something. It's it, it, like, because have they done this before? I can't remember. But like, like curling, I think would be a lot of fun. I would like to see curling, um, th- where you yeah. just kind of, you know, <laughs> throw the, the. Ice or whatever—I don't, I don't even know. It's, I'm not fluent in the you know in the sport, but uh, but it would work the same way more or less as as bowling, and I I can see myself having a lot of fun with something like that. Mm.
0: Yeah, I'd say bocce ball kind of falls into that category. If you uh, yeah, yeah. are a suburban mm. dad, you're probably very familiar with <laughs> bocce ball. Um, yeah, I, I could see that fit in that category. I think uh, I think if I had to pick one, I would go with it. It's a throwback to Wii Sports Resort, but I really liked the cycling mini game in that game for some reason
2: i know oh, it was i love like that
0: not, it was like <laughs> not the most in-depth sport at all you pretty much just move the Wii Remote and <laughs> nunchuck up and down and like turn them but uh, i don't know i have good memories with that so it'd be
1: fun, yeah, fun if, to see that or if nintendo like could like do some crazy crossover quidditch would be
2: awesome <laughs> 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 oh,
1: that'd be, be pretty fun yeah, yeah where's my blitz ball <laughs> Uh, yeah, oh <laughs> my god, I have so many memories with that. Nice. that. That's a whole podcast in itself, Blitzball. <laughs> I got it. All
0: right, well, uh, yeah, so Switch Sports, behind the scenes, always interesting. Um, we've talked about that game a lot, though. Here's a game that we have yet to really talk about on this show, and it's coming out pretty soon. It's coming out in July, right before Xenoblade Chronicles 3, which we have mm-hmm. some folks who are very excited for that game. Uh, Live Alive. Uh, this is a remake of a old RPG that, frankly, I did not know existed until it popped up in the recent Nintendo Direct. Um, Dennis, I, I feel like
1: you play a lot of RPGs. I, am I right about this? Sure, yeah. I mean, not, you know, not as much as of late, but my entire mm-hmm. like you know upbringing in terms of video games, yeah, it has been you know uh, majority RPGs, absolutely
0: do do you feel qualified to give give us what's the what's the tldr what's the
1: what's the basics what is live alive you have to describe yeah it. so it's it's you know I, I I wish I was more fluent on the topic just be, but you know because the game never really came out in the West before so it's but it's an old game from what I do know it's an old game from uh, the Super Nintendo era if I'm not mistaken that uh, just never saw the light of day um, in the West and but it was super complicated and did something super unique at the time where it told uh, eight I believe different stories almost yeah. like Octopath Traveler <laughs> except these are in each their own individual unique experience, right? So, like, you'll have a sort of sci-fi story, a sort of uh, Western story, uh, a more traditional fantasy story, so on and so forth. Um, And they're all developed in this sort of... I don't know how to explain it. Like, this odd... um, They're like vignettes, right? Yeah, kind of, yeah. Because they're all developed by different developers, too. So you have this sort of oh. collection, that all, but it all ties into each other. I don't know if they're doing the same thing with this remake or if it's just one collective team that's just like, all right, let's take what we know from the original and adapt that for the modern day. But for the original, yeah, you had eight different stories that were developed by eight different uh, developers and teams um, and were just kind of Packaged together as this one sort of theatric uh, uh, experience called Live Alive, and uh, so yeah, now we're getting that for the modern day and the beautiful HD 2D uh, remake, something akin to Octopath Traveler, right? Um, uh, Triangle Strategy, uh, and then of course the Dragon Quest uh, uh, remake that will be happening, um, you know, in that engine as well, which is a, a, just a gorgeous engine. So. Um, yeah. Uh, it's 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 hard to explain because again it's it's not something that you know it, it, the west is or anybody outside of Japan for that matter is is too familiar with. But No, I think uh, that's that's a solid summary. Um yeah, this is definitely
0: yeah. So this was a Japan only game and um apparently it's it's a pretty short for what yep. a lot of people consider an RPG to be, right? Like it's not it's not the super lengthy experience despite the fact that No. It's um it says there's like you've got the seven different time periods and I think there's probably one that brings everything together because that's generally how they do these types of games but yeah I mean yeah. you bring up a good point like comparing it to Octopath Traveler <laughs> you can kind of see where the influences collide between these two games Absolutely. Um, I think the thing that is really interesting to me reading up about this game is that um when the game came out back in 1994 Uh, I want to say, yeah, 1994, uh, it only sold 270,000 units, and it was considered a failure. Um, So of all the games to be getting a remake exclusively for the Switch that uh, Nintendo is publishing here in the West, mind you, um, it's it's a really interesting choice.
3: Yeah.
1: I, I think it's one of those games also where... I think when you have trouble... Um, creating new original IPs and content, sometimes you just want to go back and look at some of your legacy content and think about, okay, what's a game that deserves a second chance, right? And I feel like Live Alive was just kind of sitting there in Square Enix's, uh, sort of catalog. And they were like, you know what? There's something here. And now that we have this engine and we've seen the success with Octopath Travel, we've seen the success with with uh, Triangle Strategy um, and other games that have adapted an HD2D sort of method, uh, not just from Square Enix, but you see a lot of other studios now that are taking that sort of, you know, let's take pixel art and put it on with a 3D backdrop sort of approach. Um, You know, it's now there's a market there that's sort of more uh, attuned to it and really just sort of uh, craving it, honestly. And RPGs have also, over the last decade, become their own... East, right, uh, for better or for worse. So you've seen the RP- RPG genre evolve, and even something like Final Fantasy, which has traditionally been turn-based, now has become this sort of, you know, action-packed uh, 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 series with you know Final Fantasy 15 and mm-hmm. Final Fantasy VII remake. Which you know you don't need. I mean, you can turn a turn-based thing on, but uh, that's absolutely not you know the the design philosophy behind it anymore, right? So. Right. Um, but you want to tap into that market that's more nostalgic and more committed to those retro experiences, um, but adapt them, you know, to the modern day. And I think now that Square Enix sees that, we're seeing that more and more, and they're capitalizing on that. and They're doing a great, great job with it. So um, I'm, I'm assuming Live Alive is—that's probably why we're we're seeing that make a comeback on oh, Switch, no less. Which Switch has always been such a fantastic platform for for games like that that could be played in both, you know, uh, TV and handheld. So.
0: Totally. Well, and Nicholas, like, you have been playing through Octopath Traveler lately, and so, I mean, here's another game coming out in this HD 2D engine. I mean, are you... We're seeing them use this engine a lot, and I, I mean, I personally, I feel like it's great that they are bringing back these older games, right? I mean, I'm. it's another form of game preservation, but um, Nicholas, like, are, are you excited
3: to play some more games with this kind of art style? Uh, I mean, absolutely. I think it is it's a way for them to bring back these old RPGs. And obviously the the HD 2D graphics style is not something that's easy to do necessarily. Like it still takes effort for it to work out. Right. And I think they've redone sprites for the game, like even for the main characters and whatnot, but it's still uh, an easier way. I would say to have a remake of these old RPGs than just doing a full 3d remake. Like we saw with, um, I believe it was secret of mana a few years ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, where they can have kind of the still the same authentic feel, uh, and yet still have it be fresh and new. And I'm, I just, I'm loving it. It's really, really nice to see. I desperately wish the game wasn't coming out a week before Xenoblade because I really do want to play it. Um, (laughs) but yeah, I'm just super excited live alive. I mean, I think most people in the West probably had no idea what this was (laughs) before the direct happened. Um, interestingly enough, I, th- I believe after the Direct aired, there was a, f- a few weeks later, uh, Square Enix started talking about Live Alive and the HD2D uh, style, and they mentioned that they had held like a an internal poll, essentially, to determine what people at the company thought would be the best game for an HD2D style, and out of those um act was pretty near the top which is why we got act Actraiser renaissance a few months back oh that makes sense uh, but live alive was overall the top contender which was just kind of interesting because again it doesn't have like any presence in the west but apparently people at the company in japan were familiar enough and you know liked the game enough that they thought this was what uh should get a remake which you know cool <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that's
0: awesome I think I think fan demand actually did play a role in this one because reading kind of about the history of this game, you know, they basically came out and said they said you know the <laughs> the odds that this will ever get a remake you know depends on fan demand and I guess this was a case where there must have been enough of it and it coming at the right time with the HD two D engine and just kind of the wide, you know how easy it is to play RPGs on a platform like the Switch it does feel mm-hmm. like. The time for a game like
3: this. Yeah, one kind of neat uh, tidbit about the game, which is probably if people in the West have heard of it, it might be through this, uh, is that uh, Toby Fox, developer of Undertale, um, I think most people know the song Megalovania from Undertale, um, and that song was inspired by a boss theme from Live Alive called oh. Megalomania. The name oh, is pretty much directly oh. pulled from it, and Toby I- I Fox is confirmed was, no that was his no inspiration. One. Yeah, yeah, which is you know pretty neat. I think the song itself is composed by Yoko Shimamura. so Live Alive also has a pretty solid soundtrack from the, the sound of it. Yeah. That is, that is yeah, a, she's, deep, she's a deep cut composer. there, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, overall, cool. I'm just super happy for the game. It's, it is very interesting how similar to Octopath it is between, like, the eight different stories and, like, the, two, the HD 2D visuals, um, which is just kind of funny since I've started replaying Octopath, but Regardless of all that, I'm just very excited to be uh, for that game to be out and to be able to experience it for the first time.
2: Do you yeah? I, do you guys oh, think ahead, that Liz. we will see uh, a Chrono Trigger in that style? Because that's one oh. that I never <laughs> played, and I know mm. that it, it, it's a scene to never play Chrono Trigger, but I think it's one that would really work out in ATD2D. Yeah. That's
0: a good question. You know, I think if we hadn't gotten the Chrono Cross... Remaster, I would have said, yeah, there's no way they wouldn't. But it's weird that they would bring that game to the Switch before Chrono Cross. I'm Damn sorry, that. before Chrono Trigger. You know, so I'm not, I'm not optimistic about it,
3: really. I mean, as it is, there's just there's so many old SNES era RPGs that uh, could get a remaster similar to this, true, or, true, yeah, true. A remake similar to this. That it's kind of hard. Like, obviously, yes, Chrono Trigger should absolutely get one. Final Fantasy six should also absolutely get one. We know, I think Dragon Quest three is getting one. So NES yes. era RPGs are also on the table, technically. Um, I would personally love for see gears to get ports. ones,
0: you know, in some capacity. Those games already are available. Like you can go on the Switch eShop, shop and you can play the old Dragon Quest games. You can play
3: the old Final Fantasies. You know. Well, I don't think you can actually play Final Fantasy six. To be fair, you can play the oh no from
2: yeah, it no goes from you can play from PS to one upwards. upwards. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh okay, I m- I might be wrong about that. Sorry about that.
3: <laughs> no, don't, didn't you know they're on Steam and uh, on mobile yeah. <laughs> because everyone loves playing Final <laughs> Fantasy yes. games on mobile? Oh, of course, <laughs> yes, of, of course. course. That's supposed nice to be it's so good. They released remastered. them twice
2: on there. Square Enix, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I think I
0: saw the other day. I was browsing the App Store and I saw that you can play the DS like remake of Final Fantasy IV on iPhone, and like that's such a specific thing. Yeah. <laughs> it seemed yeah. to me that they would yeah. port a ds game there
2: <laughs> i never played it's, a full game on my phone i think <laughs> an rpg never <laughs>
1: it just seems like such no a not an rpg I'll, I'll do puzzle games but yeah not an RPG. yeah like I've, I've played agent a and i played uh moonlight moonlight valley no something like that yeah, saying, but I don't know. It's but yeah, no, it's but a big RPG that's forty hours. Now you're crazy. I'm not well, doing that on my phone.
0: And you know, I always used to think that way. And I know we're going off on a bit of a tangent here, but but I really think that is changing a little bit because um, you know, I mean, a lot of these games that launch mostly on PC and mobile, like Genshin Impact. You know, take that for example. That's huge now. And um, the same developer, they announced this game not too long ago. It's called Zenless Zone Zero, and it looks like, it looks like, I don't even know how to explain it. It's like, it's almost like Genshin Impact, but if it was Jet Set Radio, and it's just got (laughs) just amazing animation, amazing character designs, um, amazing world building, just from what they showed off in this trailer, um, the gameplay looks like stuff that you would see on current gen consoles, and it's a game that's going exclusively, as far as we know, to phones and... PC's and so there must be an audience for these types of games because developers are sinking a ton of money into them.
2: Yeah, just yeah, just true. last week uh Ni no Kuni Cross Worlds release on the West, which is exactly like you described. It has amazing level of animation. It's really similar to Genshin Impact with that, but with that Studio Ghibli style that we see on Ni no Kuni. But the whole issue is that there's a big public. A lot of people are playing those games, but Personally, I don't like those games because they are free-to-play, and usually they have a lot of gacha mechanics where you pay money to receive loot box stuff, so it's the kind of thing that I just want to keep distance, personally. But they are really well-produced. There's, You can see that there's a lot of budget behind.
3: Yeah, there's an Octopath mobile game that's a similar situation where it takes place in the same world, it's got apparently a really good story and all, but it's a gacha game. <laughs> And that yeah. just kind of kills part of it for me. But yeah. yeah, true. But you know what? I
0: bet that's how. I mean, that's probably their whole plan. Is like, oh, we're gonna get yeah. these these console gamers who love these
3: RPGs and get them to sink a bunch of money into these free to play things. True. It probably works, or they wouldn't yeah, keep. I mean, going, like eh? you said, these games sell. This probably, I would assume, it's probably a bigger market in Asian territories, uh in Japan and China and stuff like that. It not to say that people don't still engage in them here. But I'd imagine it probably is very successful back there to compensate for the fact that people here still sort of have a bit of a stigma towards it.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But, yeah, yeah. That's just well, speculation.
3: Place your bets now. Uh,
0: how many years till we get the uh, iOS-exclusive Live Alive sequel that uh, <laughs> we have free to play? Um, all right, well, uh, we're coming up at the end of the show, but I think we can cr- uh, squeeze in... Not cramming. We, we take our time on this show. Uh, I think we can squeeze in one more topic and uh, let's talk about Temtem. This is a game that is coming out uh, in September 6th and I bet a lot of our Pokemon fans are already pretty aware of this one. Uh, it's It's got some Pokemon vibes. It's a monster catching game. It's got a lot in common with Pokemon. It's got that traditional top-down Pokemon view. Uh, it's been in early access for years at this point um, but the big difference is that it's kind of an MMO. It's, it's online and you can you can explore uh, this Pokemon-style game with your friends. And um, I think a lot of folks have been excited for this one, and it is coming to Switch in September. Um, Dennis, you seem... I mean, we we know you like Pokemon.
1: Um, is this a game that has been on your radar? Uh, it, it very much has been on my... On my radar. In fact, I I, I funded the Kickstarter <laughs> way oh. back when it was on Kickstarter. Um, so yeah, I uh, I got access to the alpha like forever ago once that became available and um, you know on PC. But I just never I never touched it for the reasons being because I didn't want to get spoiled on a game uh, or or. Become fatigued on a game that I knew was good, just gonna grow and grow and grow, right? And like, I even found my email here. I basically put thirty dollars down into the Kickstarter back on June thirtieth, twenty eighteen. So four years ago. <laughs> you wow. know? Um Yeah. So it's it's been it's been a while so you're an investor really yes yes <laughs> yeah pretty much um so i've been waiting for this uh for a while it's funny because they say estimated delivery september 2019 which obviously did not happen <laughs> but um so here we are a couple of years later but yeah no i i didn't want to get you know even though i had access to the alpha and and even access to the entire game really as it's been evolving um i haven't touched it just because i wanted to experience the game From beginning to end, or as much as I could, anyways, because I know this game is going to be massive, you know, without much issues, without many bugs, you know, because there is going to be a heavily, um, you know, uh, uh, online, a big online mechanic to it, you know, I didn't want, you know, any potential, you know, server issues sort of ruining or degrading my overall experience, right? So um, once it's. Once that 1.0 build comes out, you know, and everybody gets to play it at the same time, you know, I'll get my key and, you know, that's when that's when I'll jump in, you know, at the same time with everybody. Could I jump in right now as we speak? Yeah, absolutely. But I, I just don't, you know, I, yeah, I, I'm you want- not a fan of... Early access stuff, really, especially when that early, where it was an alpha, and obviously it's gone into beta, and it's it's been like that for a while. But yeah, no, I want that full build. I want to experience it, you know, from front to back, and and you know. But I've been, you know, I've been reading every email that I get, every update, you know. Which now they're on like eighty something, which you know, if oh anyone dear. who's, you know, <laughs> probably, you know, uh, fund helped fund a Kickstarter before knows that that's a lot of updates, you know. Um, so especially if you're just getting one a month, you know, that's 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 a lot. So, uh, but uh, I, I have. You know, big faith in that in that studio and just what this game is gonna be. Because I think, as a you know lifelong Pokemon fan, and for people who have been Pokemon fans for so long, um, or even really newer Pokemon fans, there's definitely a level of um, you know contemporary gameplay that we still miss uh, in, <laughs> in, in, in current Gen Pokemon games, and whether you know that be you know on on a visual level or a mechanical level. So I'm hoping Temtem, you know, really puts itself out there and uh, really wows people, which, which so far, just from what I've been seeing, you know, uh, just over the years, it's been pretty positive. You know, again, it's not, you know, perfect, but yeah. it's it's been overall positive. And uh, yeah, it's just a nice to have a break from the actual Pokemon formula and take what's made that series so great, but modernize that and actually utilize um you know the hardware in a forward-thinking way
0: yeah so the big things i'm seeing that kind of set this game apart from pokemon i mean already mentioned the online world looks like there's a big focus on customization it says you can buy your own house kind of decorate it your own way like animal crossing style um you can like invite your friends over because you know it's an it's kind of an online game so there's like a big focus on the social interaction um, Louise, like, would you be able to get behind this idea of just this very connected online-focused Pokemon game? Uh,
2: probably not, <laughs> but because oh, okay. uh, I'll be honest, the only thing that I know about Tenten is that it is uh, it has some Pokemon elements. Uh, because I'm not that big of a Pokemon fan, so even games related to Pokemon that try to follow the same formula, uh, usually I don't I don't follow. But uh, hearing Dennis talking about all the journey from the developers, I really found that awesome. Because it's kind of a, of a process that you can follow and see what they are doing. And of course, they are always taking feedback for, from everyone uh, about the game and trying to make it, it to the final version. So I, I confess that I, right now I'm quite interested to know more about the game. But because of the online aspects and all of that, usually that's not my, uh, my kind of game. What I think is that uh, Pokemon is definitely lacking in a lot of some obvious areas and that people have, have been complaining for a while now. So it's great to see some indie developers trying to create their own thing, trying to fix that, trying to make uh, what Nintendo don't. So I, 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 think, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I, I just like to see that. And I think for, for people who enjoy uh, Pokemon in that kind of way, it can be a, an awesome game.
0: Yeah. yeah. No, I think that's a great way to look at it. Yeah, people who who like Pokémon are probably going to be interested at least in looking at what this game is doing differently. And yeah, but it's probably not going to do much to bring in um people who just are not very interested in this type of game in general.
3: Yeah. A few years back when the game was announced, I know there was a lot of I mean, there was definitely some hype. There was just a lot of talk about the game um because obviously it's it's Pokémon, but everything I think it's Uh, always 2v2 and it's a bit more competitive and there's this always online aspect Mm. so it's doing things that the series hasn't done and i think one thing that's always to the detriment of games like these and this is not the fault of the devs it's mostly the fault of the fan base is that um it feels like whenever you have something like this that pops up people try to make it out to be the pokemon killer similar to how you have games like in smash you have you had nickelodeon last year right and you have people on the internet being like, "This is going to be the Smash killer," mm-hmm. and I just feel like that's an pretty unhealthy stance to have because, for one, these games are never going to be the insert popular game here killer. Like Smash is too popular, Pokemon is too popular. Nothing is going to end up seriously putting a dent in it, especially if it's a smaller but like a smaller budget, smaller scale game like this. No, um, we're not going to be watching Temtem directs, you know? Yeah.
0: Years.
2: So, (laughs) who knows? (laughs) knows? But but I agree with Nicholas, yeah.
3: Yeah, there's that. There's the fact that, in general, it makes people have ridiculously high expectations for the game. In general, I just feel like it's a detriment to the game itself. Because Temtem is probably going to be a very fun, you know, very fun, unique Pokemon like experience. But I just hope that people don't try and lean into it as this is everything Pokemon isn't, and this is just objectively superior. Like, Pokemon needs a lot of improvements, in my opinion. (laughs) But I don't think this is a good way to go about it. Um, Mm -hmm. In terms of comparing the games, I mean. I'm just thinking, like, in terms of similar games, similar bigger budget games on Switch we've gotten. uh, What comes to mind to me is stuff like Shin Megami Tensei V and um, Monster Hunter Stories 2, which I think both released last year. Which are both like you know monster capturing, monster fighting games, but they mm. didn't really market themselves as uh, Pokemon like per se. People didn't go out and see these and necessarily be like, ah, oh, yes, these are the Pokemon killers because they well, kind sure. of established their own identity, uh, yeah. and they're able to live in that ecosystem in like their own little corner without trying to you know <laughs> take some of Pokemon space and get kind of shut out in the process.
1: Well, I think something as big as that also—it's yeah. hard to like go for a juggernaut like that because Pokemon has something that a lot of other games don't have in general. Not just—we're not just talking about games that are similar to Pokemon. I'm Pikachu? talking about gaming as a whole. Well, <laughs> <Pikachu>? <laughs> no, no, not just Pikachu, oh, okay. but but it's the it's it's the cultural impact, yeah. right? Where like Pokemon, much like you know, like Star Wars, you know, much like you know, I just uh, so many famous things in the world. Uh, you know, it's, it's. you don't see movies coming out going like, this is the Star Wars killer, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, that's not, that's just not a thing. You don't do something like that. You should, if anything, pitch yourself as an alternative, as a, here's this new thing that's like this, so you might like it. Um, but, you know, it's, it's not going anywhere, you know, unless it just ends up, you know, collapsing on itself. But it, it's too culturally relevant and impactful um, in the world uh, with way too much merchandise, way too much marketing, you know, from TV, games, the, you know, apparel, uh, uh, housewares, every, everything you can imagine um, that you can, you know, plaster Pikachu on, um, mm-hmm. you know, it exists. So, and a lot of other properties uh, uh, in general, not just games, but anything. It's hard to have that cultural impact right uh, and it's and it's, it's rare to see something like that develop over time i mean you see you know why has marvel come to prominence over the last decade or so it's because of this huge universe they've built right so now marvel is this culturally relevant thing you know everybody knows no one knew who iron man was 10 plus years ago now everybody knows who iron man is <laughs> you know what i mean mm-hmm. so it's something like that like stop going for the jugular and just yeah. Keep the hype train on the
3: rails is what you're saying. Exactly. 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 And to be clear, this is not the devs. This is just, I think there's people in the fan base that get a little too (laughs) (laughs) um, enthused about these games, but overall. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking forward to Temtem. I hope it'll be a nice alternative. Like Dennis said to Pokemon and uh, hopefully it does well.
0: Yep. Uh, September 6th, later this year, uh, the game will be coming out in its full release and we may have uh, some more to talk about when it gets closer to that. So stay tuned for that. Uh, and that, with that, that just about wraps up our show for the week. This has been episode 10. But before we wrap things up, as always, we got to talk about what we have been playing lately. Uh, Louise, let's start with you. What have you been playing lately?
2: The same as every week in <laughs> the playthrough. Uh, yeah, I'm still playing the game. I'm, I'm always finished with the story uh and now I'm, I'm starting to do the the side stuff i'm on chapter 9 for those who, who oh, actually okay. understand <laughs> uh, the reading of the game uh it's been a lot of fun and uh, i i it just takes a lot of time i play like sessions of one to 2 hours per day so it's a lot and i'm i'm, I'm not playing anything else but probably by next week, I, I will start playing another thing.
0: <laughs> do Do you think you are going to be fatigued with Xenoblade by the time Xenoblade Three comes out? Like, do you think you're going to be kind of exhausted and like need a break?
2: Uh, I don't think so because uh, a lot of the appeal with Xenoblade is the story. So just the fact that Xenoblade Three has a different story is enough for me to get to get going. I think. In general, I don't get fatigue from from JRPGs because usually they are so like you're doing a lot of different stuff uh, mm-hmm. in, in games like that. Sometimes I get with platformers or action games, but when there's th- this new story to keep me interested, I don't think so. But I don't know, maybe <laughs> maybe I'll be. But let's uh, for now, I'm still pretty hyped for Xenoblade Three in July. Yeah. No, that's,
0: that's good to hear. I, I do tend to get fatigued. I feel like the bigger a game is, oftentimes by the time I get to the end of it, I'm like, like, I'm like all right, I need to go play something totally different. Um, but, I mean, hey, prop, props to you. I mean, that's quite the superpower <laughs> that you've got there. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Nicholas? Uh, what have
3: you been making your way through lately? Well, <laughs> my answer is going to oh, be no. similar to Louise in that I'm still playing Octopath. <laughs> uh, I should have guessed. Um, I have gone, you know, decently far. I think I finished the first of the eight main character stories. So I, technically I got a credits roll. Um, oh, okay. although I'm just, I'm going to keep going because I would like to complete it. And it's, it's just a really wait, wait, fun wait. game. <laughs> wait,
0: you're um, saying, you're saying there's, there's like a lot more content after you beat the
3: eight stories. I, I haven't played um, that. So yeah. So the way it's structured is basically you have the eight characters. Uh, each character has four chapters of their own stories. Uh, I've done the first, once I do all the eight, there's basically just, you know, uh, a few extra side quests, uh, a few extra optional dungeons, and um, some other stuff I won't say for spoiler reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Not a huge amount of game, it's not going to like double the playtime or whatever, but probably still another like 10, maybe 20 hours, I would assume. Okay, so you know you could fit a whole other game or two in that time. I could fit a live alive alive in, yeah, (laughs) yeah. You could fit a live live, alive alive in.
0: (laughs) Oh man! All right, all right. Well, we'll check back with you, um, but you uh, you got to get done with that soon, Louise. uh, Because I'm sorry, Nicholas. Well, and Louise, you you guys, you know, (laughs) got got to broaden your horizons (laughs) a little bit. All right? (laughs) No, (laughs) that's what I want to see. RPGs only. (laughs) Yes. Hey, you know, if I had the time, I'd be right there with you. <laughs> um,
1: Dennis, please give us some variety here. What, what have you been playing lately? I will actually, yeah, no, I, I will actually. So, so I, actually, I'll give you a yin yang actually because uh, the two games I've been playing have been uh, very different. Um, a, a couple days ago, I started uh, V Rising, which I'm sure uh, maybe some some of our listeners have. Heard of, heard of uh, by this point just because mm-hmm. it's it came out in early access uh, on Steam uh, pretty recently at least within the last week or so and it's already reached uh, over a million players right which is huge for a game like that I mean that's what you want for not only an early access title but for you know such a small studio you you everyone dreams to to hit numbers like that right it's the new valheim pretty much right so um but you yeah, know v rising have been playing a lot of that where you essentially play as a vampire you can create your own vampire and um but i, I wouldn't even really put it in a, the same camp as valheim even though there's a lot of i i can see why people would on the surface on a surface level but the I, I don't think survival a and crafting
0: that kind of thing
1: right Right but honestly like I as I'm playing it I get more of a like a nice mix of not only Diablo but I get a huge feeling of Dragon Quest builders actually is, is what I get from it uh, which I love Dragon Quest builders so I'm yeah. really digging this so far um, but you definitely have to you know start from nothing and then grow yourself you know as a, as a vampire and you start sort of you know you adapt to different blood types you can um, you know you start from animals and you grow up to you know humans and uh, uh, so on and so forth and yeah you build your own castle which is super sweet uh, so uh, but yeah it's it's I put a couple hours into it I'm really Enjoy my time with that so far, uh, but uh, but yeah. Th- thankfully, you can play it solo as well. I was a little worried you wouldn't be able to because it is an online only thing, but you can create a completely oh, okay. private lobby, and uh, everything is saved like to a T. And uh, that was kind of my biggest problem with games like Valheim, where there was no real sense of direction in Valheim. It was just kind of like, all right, go and exist. And I'm like, well, I already do that even outside of this game, so I, <laughs> I don't need to do that in this game. Um, so, uh, but this one actually has like. Sort of structure to it, you know. With all due respect to Valhan, uh, but uh, but yeah, really been enjoying my time with Be Rising. Um, on the flip side, though, uh, something that isn't so dark, actually very colorful and happy, is uh, a little game called Sumi Day, which I actually just beat maybe like an hour before we started the podcast. Uh, oh, okay. Playing that on the Switch. Uh, beautiful, beautiful game. If you look at it, it's this beautiful hand-drawn game, uh, very colorful, about just this girl who wakes up one day and she's missing her grandmother who recently passed. And basically the game kind of takes you through uh, an entire day of, you know, basically you want to accomplish stuff in your life, right? So you're like, well, let me just start well, off something I simple. <laughs> I mean, well, yeah, so, <laughs> but like, let me talk here. for yourself. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, but like, you know, they're like, all right, well, you know, let's start off with something simple. Let's, uh, let's make a list, right? Maybe we can start accomplishing smaller things. So, uh, so, so you just write, just you know, little, little small things, and you just kind of go throughout the day and kind of, uh, you know, accomplish these tasks, and it's a, it's a very wholesome game and uh it's a game i had on my radar for a bit um on the switch eShop. it's definitely one of those hidden gems it's very cheap i'm sure a lot of people dismissed it because it's cheap but i got a solid two to three hours out of it and it's a beautiful beautiful game um very wholesome and uh, you know you couldn't help but smile and feel uh feel you know warm and cozy by the end of it it's a beautiful game can't recommend it enough if you want something that's short sweet and just a very memorable indie experience
0: yeah, no, I'm I'm looking at uh, some gameplay of it, and I mean, it looks great. I love that kind of. It definitely has a painterly aesthetic to it. Um, it does. It does. And it's it's interesting to me. It looks like it all takes place on like this kind of spherical environment which
1: is kind of different yeah. um and yeah, well that's the craziest part too is like you know when i first saw screenshots i thought it was just going to be sort of like almost like a side scroller right this is sort yeah. of left and right but no there's like a z-axis you can go front and back oh. like you know into the background and into the foreground it's it's really impressive actually
0: wow that's the third generation of gaming right there that's
1: yeah. <laughs> a good 3ds yeah, yeah. game
0: it sounds like <laughs> oh yeah absolutely very cool all right well no that's definitely gonna uh, get added to my wish list um I am very excited to report that I have finally decided to dive into Fire Emblem, and I am playing Ooh. Fire Emblem Awakening. My, there he is! My hey. first hey. Fire Emblem game. Hey. Yeah. There he is! Hey, only oh, took ninety About, years. I know, I know. About <laughs> a decade too late. Um, yeah, this, there, it's kind of funny. There's this uh, there's a subreddit called Stuck Ten Years Behind, where people <laughs> like pretend like it's ten years ago, no matter what day it is. <laughs> And I feel like I'm living on that because I'm playing all these <laughs> 3DS games right now. Um, but yeah, man, I feel really bad about not playing this game about 10 years ago because the it, just every aspect of it so far is just, just wonderful. Um, I don't play a lot of grid-based strategy games and it's definitely a, a good challenge, but it feels very rewarding. Um, you really have to think carefully about not just your position, but... Realizing that your enemies are just as powerful as you are and they can take you out in a single hit or two if you're not careful. So it really feels pretty high stakes. Um, and, and I'm not even playing on uh, permadeath mode because uh, otherwise the game would have been over about an hour into the experience. Um, but yeah, and it's it's gorgeous too. I mean, the the, the sprite work still holds up really well. Um, it's a great use case for, th- I mean, the th- 3DS's features and and creating a really great sense of depth, and you you feel like you're looking down at like a like an actual board game, you know, moving your units around, and um, it's great. I'm I'm only five hours into it, um, so I've got quite a ways to go from what I understand, but I really wanted to get to at least one of the Fire Emblem games, <laughs> um, so I could talk about um, <laughs> Fire Emblem Warriors when that comes out. That maybe have a little bit more context.
2: We'll see. Yeah, it, it's it's one of the best games on the 3DS. Honestly, it's just it's it is. it's not it's nothing kind of mind-blowing but it is so well made the dialogue is the dialogue is so well written and the level design uh, also is so so fantastic i i i loved playing that game i had a lot of problems because every time one of my characters died so uh and i was playing with permadeath so usually i would restart my 3ds <laughs> to try it again and again and i would lose, lose like hours doing that uh-huh. but i think that's kind of the fiery emblem experience so but i love the game
3: yeah
0: yeah that's what it seems like i i i feel like the only way for me to really enjoy these types of games is to turn the difficulty to a reasonable degree you know like i like a bit of challenge but the, yeah, like having yeah. this constant pressure over my head of like oh i'm gonna lose everything like that that's just not fun for me but i know it is for for some people so props to you for trying to get through the, the hard way
2: <laughs> no so i totally wait. get it
3: uh, are you not going to do a lunatic plus playthrough
0: <laughs> i think that if i did that might be the last game i ever play because i think i would just be so stressed out about the whole situation um but yeah on, on top of that I, I i picked up all the 3ds fire emblem games because i knew the eShop was good and i was like i want to make sure i can play these at some point point. and um the physical copies for fire emblem fates are getting expensive so i was like oh, i'll pick up a digital they're gonna game. get crazy yeah. yeah yeah so especially if you want that double pack that's on one cartridge forget it
1: like oh, forget yeah, it. i think yeah it's insane
0: yeah it's really a shame because there's a whole for fire emblem fates there's a whole third camp third game that is just going to be lost to time for everyone who hasn't See, bought it well or, to be fair yeah. is
3: is that really such a bad <laughs> thing considering what the content of those campaigns were <laughs> you know i say that jokingly I, I but <laughs> I,
0: <laughs> well yeah i've heard people have a love-hate relationship with that game I'll probably try it for myself in another 10 years, so uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll yeah. let you guys know my hot take. <laughs> Alright folks, well that wraps up episode 10 of Nintendo Everything Refresh. As always, thank you so much for tuning in to our strange little show that we all love very much. Um, if you've been with us, please tell your friends. Uh, we are on all these streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Music. Google Podcasts, so wherever is most convenient for you. We do have a video version on Spotify. If you are watching the YouTube version and you want the best of both worlds, and um, as always, oh, I, I should also just give a shout out. Louise edits this video every week uh, on top of his other videos, and he does a great job with it. So, thank you, Louise, for making us sound good. We oh, no problem. Yes, thank uh, you,
2: Louise. I really enjoy editing. It's it's a really fun podcast to record and to edit.
0: And. Um, Yeah, and and we, you know, now that we hit this 10 episode mark, we got to keep going. So, So stick with us, spread the word, and we'll be back at you next week with what is new and exciting in the world of Nintendo.